Welcome back to the Park Hills Podcast. This week, Pastor Mark and I are going to talk about Job. Again, as we say every week, if you've got questions or thoughts, I'd love to hear them. Otherwise, if you want to connect with our stuff that we're creating, whether it's the blog or the podcast, parkhillschurch.com or the Park Hills Church app on all the app stores. a man in the land of Uz, <laughs> fancy country whose name was Job. Come join us in Uz. <laughs> Can you imagine that marketing campaign? Yeah, I could. I would work. Come check out Uz. <laughs> <laughs> Do a vacation in Uz with us. No. And that land was, he was, that land is odd. We don't know where it is. But the man that lived there, Job, is an awesome guy. He's blameless yeah. and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. Yep. His name could be confused with Job, but Correct. it's really, he's supposed to be called Job, I think. And yeah. Well, it's called that. Sure. I believe Kanye West actually said he once thought the book of Job, Job was a job. Anyway. That is also true. <laughs> you were just in touch with culture, my friend. Oh, well, yeah, that's me. Uh, <laughs> you know, all of us probably, if we're at least at adult age, have filled out a resume at some point or, you know, done references for people. But boy, you can't you can't read over his resume just too quickly. I mean, it's it's no. uh, it's stunning. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. Amazing. Feared God, shunned evil. Also good. Many sons and daughters. All, all sorts of livestock of sorts. A uh, large number of service. Servants and the greatest man among all the people of the East. That's, he's no slouch. No, he's not. And he had 500 female donkeys. Well, it's important to count them. Yeah. Yeah, I should do my female donkey count. Oh, wait, I don't have any. You have zero. <laughs> I got a couple old horses. Do they I count? just wanted to say, you're not the greatest man in the Midwest. <laughs> so if we're right. tallying this up here. Put on my to-do list. But his resume is, is amazing. It, and not just that, he's a strange character because at the time that, that this man lived, he is a, he, he's, it's right around the time of Abram. And you're going, how does this guy know who Yahweh is, first of all? And second, how is he deciding to be righteous when the law hasn't even been given yet? Yeah. yeah extraordinary. And, and when you describe somebody or when you, when you have turned in a good resume, the best thing you can have on there is some good references. Some people value the references more than all your little accomplishments or whatever. Correct. And this man has God as a reference. That's a, <laughs> I don't think you needed four. You just put down the no, God. No, no other number. No other needed. Uh, <laughs> you can put your mom on there if you want, but nobody's going to pay attention because God, God has spoken. Because he, he he's giving a reference to, for Job by saying, the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one light on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. That is a reference. I mean, uh, pretty, pretty sweet, sweet deal there. I'm just trying to process if that's what God would say about me. 
And I don't think that's entirely true. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Gives us something to strive for, doesn't it? I mean, he's amazing. He, when he looks at the righteousness of Christ, yeah. But it, of uh, course. astounding, um, astounding sa- statement. And, and you know, in, intriguing again that, that Satan goes, well, yeah, it's only because you blessed him so much. And right. if, you, if you didn't bless him. And I, I think that does maybe draw us to a good point just to, to internalize this for a minute and, and go, yeah, if... If all was stripped away from you, and it, would you, you know, have, had you not been blessed to the point that you have been now, would you, would you be a follower? Because that's really the question that that's, that Satan's asking. Uh, um, and boy, the test begins, doesn't it? And I think that's really the beginning of of a number of inspiring moments that Job gives us, right? I mean, he he's stripped of everything besides his wife, and even she turns on him. Yeah. And his response is, no. Yeah. Shall we receive good from God, and shall we not receive evil? And there's so many people that have made comments on that verse, you know, that, wait, 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 I didn't know that God could do evil. He's not necessarily even saying that God is doing evil. He's just saying, allowed it. I I understand that God allows good and God allows evil, and at this moment I'm going to accept whatever is coming my way and trust God which is beautiful. And then he stands up to his three badgering friends for chapter after chapter, just like an onslaught of a court case. And Job keeps pushing back and pushing back and pushing back. And then there's even this beautiful moment near the end of the book or at the very end of the book where he's confronted by God face to face, so to speak, through a storm. You know, he's speaking to God through a storm, which is amazing. I don't, I don't know how that plays out. But in the middle of that, he doesn't try to make make himself sound better he doesn't he doesn't say you know that i'm upright and blameless because that's what it was said yeah yeah his did response, you see your reference for me yeah his response <laughs> is i i know who you are and i trust you enough that whatever you've got is good for me and then god asks him to intercede on behalf of his friends and he does so and then he's healed and i i'm thinking about moments in my life where i have not felt great or i've been in pain or i've you know, I've been questioning God in a moment or something like that. And if God came to me and said, I want you to intercede on the people who have been giving you a hard time, I don't know that my response would be, yeah, okay, that sounds great. I don't know that I would be praying for those people. I think my heart kind of would say, uh, you know, they deserve whatever's coming their way. But Job is such a great man that he intercedes for his friends. Then God in his mercy heals him and gives him a whole bunch of stuff back. And I think so many times when I've heard this story told, that's what people are aiming for is well, he gets all of the stuff back and more. So that's why he does this. Job didn't need anything. Yeah. And that's really inspiring to me when I think about this guy deserves n- nothing that he's given. And yet he, he takes it. And then at the end, even repents of his bad attitude at moments. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately just says, you know what, God, I, I trust you with whatever you've got. Then God is just beautiful and, and merciful and, and blessed you know, he's blessed to give Job these things back because Job's a, a good steward with what God has given, which I think is really the point of the whole book is that yeah. we are supposed to be good stewards with what God's given us and, and be inspired by Job's testimony. Yeah, and faith in spite of what we can see. You know, we have to remember Job, Job didn't see to the end of this. He didn't see what right. what what was going to come you know, in the latter part of chapter 42. All he could see was the fact that he was in misery, that his body's covered in ash, he's scratched himself, he's 
trying to relieve the pain. And, you know, just the fact that we call them as friends, I mean, (laughs) Job, you might need new friends. Um, These would be the conversations we'd have with a teenager. Yeah. Sitting down going, you don't really want to hang out with this person. Yeah, I think you ought to rethink the company (laughs) you're you're keeping. Totally. You you know, um, but that there is a therapeutic part of actually interceding for our friends and even enemies. Um, you know, and Jesus certainly talks about how we're to treat our enemies. And um, there's something very helpful about that. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I'd say it's spiritual, but there might even be a psychological element. You know, it's really hard to hate someone you're praying for. And, and uh, praying for other people gets us off of the focus about ourself. Um, but I love how, 42 just spins his focus back to God. Wow, mm-hmm. you are sovereign. You can do all things. And But to, to end that with my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen mm-hmm. you. And therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Here, here's a, a godly guy, you know, and he's going, wow, I despise myself. Again, that speaks to that holiness there again, doesn't it? Totally. It, He's really an amazing character, and it you know it's led to so much speculation in so many different places of who is this guy, when did he live, when was the book fully put together and finalized, and we don't want to necessarily get into all that in this episode. Those things might come down the road at some point, but an amazing individual who really I don't know how to say this the right way, so I'll just say it this way. But you know, correct me if it's not coming out the way I mean it to. This book sort of pushes back on the curses and obedience, uh, the curses for obedience or, or sorry, curses for disobedience or the, the blessings for obedience sure. section of Deuteronomy 27 and 28, where God's saying, if you, if you obey me and do what I'm asking, here's what I'm going to give you. He's given Job all those things. Job is doing all the things that you expect him to do. By God's own declaration. Right. And then it is stripped away. And the thought experiment that we're supposed to kind of deal with in Job is even if we follow God, it doesn't mean that things are necessarily going to go the way we think they're going Mm -hmm. to. For Mm -hmm. some people it might, but for a lot of us, we're going to experience moments where we're really going to question whether God's in this thing and that's okay. And this is, so this almost becomes this thought experiment of us being able to go, I don't like this, but I know that God is is sovereign. I know that God is good. I know that at the end I'm going to hear him, even if I've you know, I haven't seen him. I haven't heard him. Uh, now that I officially, like, I have you fully wrapped around my my mind somehow. I've, I've, I've learned more about you. I know you better than I did before. And that's what we should be aiming for. Uh, the downside is we all have friends like this, hmm. don't we? Yeah. Total jerks, basically, is what <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for, yeah. who step into our life and try to convince us that God's not sovereign or try to convince us that we've messed up in front of God or that we've... And we've got these people that are peppering these things our way when you and I are supposed to just trust in the sovereignty of God and trust in the fact that Christ has washed us and we've, we've got everything we need in him. I don't stand in my own righteousness, but God sees Christ covering me, and so that's all I need, and I'm good to go. And because of that, you can't drag me down. You can try, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. No, it's, that's so cool. And to think that this, this man... Um, in his reply to the Lord, did not put in a, a line or two about, 
I really wish you hadn't done all that you did and taken all that you took. Right. He's not even thinking that. He's going, I've heard you. I see you. I can't. I just can't even look at myself in light of you. Right. I'm nothing but humble. Um, that says something to what he understood that maybe maybe my heart still longs to see that mm. depth of it. You know, I'd like to like to think I do, but I certainly don't want to ha- see it <laughs> through the the means that he did. Right. But boy, it just speaks of something deeper and uh, something that uh, clearly was beautiful. And I would push back on anybody that says this is like a great divine wager or this is something where as this book develops, you know, Job is the prize that's sort of being fought over by, by God or Satan. And I've heard sermons that kind of venture into those two territories. And I'm not comfortable with any of that because what I see here is God lifting up an individual and saying, look at who he is. And then this great thought experiment begins. And at the end of the book, that man is even more devoted to God than he was in the beginning. And so what I take from that is this is not some divine wager that when my life is not going the way that I expect it to go or great calamity arrives, it's not that Satan and God are up there betting on who's going to win. That's not how this works. God is ultimately sovereign. He's going to win out. I want to be faithful enough that no one questions whether God's still in my life in those moments. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good goal. 